welcome to Light the Sky Podcast, where we are on tonight with you with a brand new discography. We have finished Nirvana, we have finished Guns N' Roses, and we are sick and tired of the 90s. Ready to back up to 1967. Tonight, we will be covering for you live debate on Twitch, track by track, album by album. We will be going through the Jimi Hendrix experience the three albums plus a little bit of extra chat on the live piece that we will be, uh, I guess it's just a rap slash live show to cover the live component of this man's career. Uh, but starting with, of course, Are You Experienced, the 1967 LP, uh, well known to be one of the greatest debut albums of all time, one of the greatest albums of all time, uh, one of the most iconic albums of all time, one of the most defining albums of the guitar uh, and development of the electric guitar. Uh, I mean, really, what, what can you say about this album that hasn't already been said? But that's what we're going to bring for you for the next two hours. We're going to debate it. We have a super fan on the show tonight, uh, uh, Chris here, uh, a huge Jimi Hendrix guy. Uh, I guess yep. his formative years as a seven-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, probably uh, seven, seven to ten. Yeah, seven like to most, ten, so. like so late elementary school, middle, uh, early and middle school. Yeah, that was kind of my introduction. Yeah. Which for uh, the thank context, you, Dad. yeah, for the context yeah. of uh, all the listeners who are just starting with Light the Sky, that would be sometime around like the mid to late nineties. <laughs> so yes. not quite the era of growing up uh, with this yeah. music. Uh, all of us are kind of of that age. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got, uh, Kevin on, uh, streaming tonight and, uh, we are going to be one man short for this discography. Alex is a, uh, is our contender and he is on tour. He is, uh, going to be absent for the discography. Uh, so, uh, well, anyway, he's, he's on tour with the band Lurk. Uh, they are a punk band. They are going to be touring the country. Uh, they're going to be, let me pull it up here. Uh, Sacramento, Portland, Vancouver, Seattle, Salt Lake City, Denver, North Kansas City, Minneapolis, Chicago, Detroit, Lakewood, Toronto, Montreal, Cambridge, St. Albans, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. Oh boy, there's just a lot of dates. Florida, Texas, <laughs> California. Posted check them on out. The, uh, yeah, yeah lurkusa.com. If you would that, please check them out and make sure to uh, chase down Alex after the show and harass him about some Pink Floyd opinion that he probably doesn't even remember uh, because this is a show of opinions. And if you uh, haven't, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the format. Uh, you know, we're four now, three for this discography. Uh, but uh, three guys just, uh, you know, just wanting to keep this era of music alive and really appreciating some of the greatest discographies that have ever been released, ever been pressed to vinyl, and ever went on to light up the sky. So that's what we do. We start with a track by track debate going uh, one through uh, 11 on this record. Then we do a little bit of trivia from Chris, and then we have our love it or flush it section. Uh, Alex usually runs that, so he'll be missed tonight on that one. So I think I'm going to have Kevin run that because he also runs a soundboard for us. So yeah, you'll be running it tonight. We'll be uh, maybe a little quicker for you guys. We'll see how this shakes out because the last show that we were only, th we were a trio, we were a power trio back in the Van Halen days for the final record as I mourned the loss of my dog. So uh, on a happier note tonight, I suppose, uh, we're going to start out with Jimi Hendrix. Uh, tonight, the first opening opinion goes to Kevin. How did you experience, are you experienced? <laughs> I experienced it through the wonders of streaming. 
Um, familiar with some of these songs. I am not a diehard. I've um, kind of been on the periphery, thanks to Chris and you know him talking about it, things like that. Um, and of course, just general living in the world, you get a sense of some of these songs. Ah, this is tough to rate, honestly. And why I say that is because, yeah, some of these songs are so classic. You've heard them. They, they, they really, you know, oh yeah, this is that song. This is that groove that you've heard. And then some of these I've never heard before. Um, but how I ended up feeling about this was... I, I, I've I've gone back and forth on this so many times during the course of this entire show is that popping this on the record player in the era would have been mind-blowing to me. And it kept coming up in my mind listening to this. Just just, just these sounds. What would that have sound like mm-hmm. when this record came out? And you know what? I think for the most part, a lot of it still translates. Um, I'm not one to jump on the bandwagon of 10 out of 10 album, you know, down down the line for every major critic. But this album does have something. Uh, go listen to uh, the Pink Floyd debut if you want to hear my thoughts on an album that didn't have something. <laughs> one of our most popular episodes, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think there is something here, for sure. Like, I can't deny that. I just cannot deny that. Uh, did I love all of it? No. Uh, there are some songs I will gladly flush, uh, much to Chris's dismay. Um, that being said, I still feel like this is strong. I still feel like this is pretty fresh, at least to my ears. Uh, there were some times when I was like, all right, it's time to move on. But man, I, I enjoyed, I would say, most of this album. So I'm going to start off with a seven. Because I think it's a solid album. I think it's a pretty monumental debut. And I think you can argue a seven is is like, you can definitely argue for that number. Um, so that's where I'm going to start off tonight and, and see where we go. All right, Chris, let's hear your love little letter to this record. Um, now, I have in my entire discography of music, or at least rock music, I have three 10 of 10s. Uh, we have covered one of them so far. It is in the Pink Floyd discography. Go back and listen to those. They're a lot of fun. Uh, what is, is, does this make that, is this that high for you? Is this one a 10 it's, for it's, you? It's, it's pretty close. I, I, I was thinking about it, but yeah, a 10 would have been just been a little too fanboyish. Because um, yeah, there are some things like with what Kevin said, where you kind of, maybe they're more era specific, but again, that era, that's yeah what we remember Jimmy for. We remember he's that one of those kind of, cardinal pillars of the late 60s i mean yeah so you're gonna have that uh, uh you're gonna yeah, you kind of have to take that into consideration but uh yeah it, it, yeah it's hard yeah because yeah i grew up yeah, this is one of those records i grew up on you know, this is one of those as far as just one of those that solidified my strong relationship musically with my dad i mean this was one of those i was probably 10 11 years old when he bought me the uh yeah the that was the reissue version which had more songs on it but uh, i just remembered yeah, again, this was the music I was introduced to probably first is compared to I know with like with uh, your dad. I mean, it was more 70s and early 80s. Sure. Music. Yeah, my yeah, my dad is about a decade older uh, than your uh, than your dad. And uh, so, yeah, that like mid to late 60s, early 70s is really yeah his. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason, I just I talked about it before. I just latched onto it for whatever reason. Maybe I was young enough and impressionable enough where I just, yeah, just psychologically, that's just uh, how, how it worked. Um but uh yeah this is a 
a hell of a record, even for the era, if you know kind of 60s music. Um, yeah, it kind of occupies this weird space between kind of being definitely a piece of like the Summer of Love, like that 67 kind of Peace and Love psychedelia. I mean, this is one of the definitive psychedelic records. I mean, I think a lot of reviewers have said that. Um, but it also has this kind of interesting, for the most part, kind of timeless warm blanket feel of a band playing live in the room. Like where it had, you listen to some other albums, even big albums of that era, where you can tell exactly where it was. And it has too much of that. And each, every era has that. I mean, the 80s has there, the 70s, maybe not so much, but uh, definitely the 80s and the 90s have that thing that kind of, especially big pop rock music, you can just, you hear it, you know, immediately. Funny enough for this, yeah, this has a lot of elements that you can't really pinpoint where it is because it's very much a raw kind of yeah, uh, rock record. Uh, and also, I mean, this was the first time, I mean, as far as, this is kind of the last statement I had in my opening statement, as far as, yeah, this was, I think, where the next step as far as rock riffing, where before that you had kind of like the kinks, like uh, You Really Got Me, um, yeah, the Beatles were doing it a little bit, uh, maybe the Yardbirds and Clapton with uh, uh, with early Cream was kind of doing it, but nothing, I don't think it was up until this point where it, it was... It was like rock. Uh, Jimmy injected a lot of testosterone into rock guitar that had not been seen before. I mean, you listen to that, uh, and we'll get into the like the opening track, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Yeah, where there was nothing that sounds like that in '67. Yeah, that was kind of like wow. Yeah, sure. just that overdriven kind of. Yeah, and I think it kind of set the template. I mean, and that's still in the song writing. Me is very consistent as far as just riff after riff after riff. It's just become kind of the cornerstone. Um, yeah, and it's hard to argue. I mean, yeah, something you can say, well, it's like, is it overrated? No, I, I would say not. I think it kind of, it was like, yeah, uh, for hard rock music or just or just rock in general, it was kind of like the Beatles debut on Ed Sullivan where it was like there's before and after. Yeah. You know, there's before, there's before the are you experienced and there's after as far as a guitar player, a yeah, musician. Yeah, where it's like, okay, we, you had this kind of, Maybe a little bit saccharine, maybe a little bit of blues uh, here, um, muscle here and there. But with hair, he kind of establishes, like, okay, like, this is, yeah, like, almost, like, in line with the sexual revolution, too. It has that kind of <laughs> feel. It became this is the not, soundtrack for that, for right. sure. Right. Yeah, this is definitely, this This is, like, uh, this is adults making rock music, not just kind of, yeah, teeny bopper. Um, and it still holds up, at least for me. I, yeah, there's just something about it. It just sounds, yeah, and there's just kind of, like, a, I don't know. It sounds like you're listening. I mean, rightfully so. It sounds like a legend making music. Yeah, this is a legend. You, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Quick to the <laughs> I don't, know, I don't, I don't know if that was. <laughs> Chris, what's your out of ten? That's your five yeah, minute buzzer. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a nine point five out of ten. Um, yeah. The only reason, yeah, being that there are some '60s elements, yeah, as far as or psychedelic elements that maybe were pushed a little too much. Uh, and, yeah. But but again, we, we can argue maybe as far as whether or not that belongs because of the time and place. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into that. But uh, sure. as far as my love of the music, yeah, on that I'll do a nine point five. Okay, I'll close it out tonight. Uh, this is a record that I I mean I I enjoy it for the era and for all the reasons that both of you guys said that it is a moment of time and I love that kind of music that really defines an era it's it's just forever fresh uh because the late 60s is such an interesting time for music um 
I mean, you had the Beatles that were pushing boundaries in the studio and the um, the Pet Shop Boys, the Beach Boys doing the same thing with Pet Sounds. Um, you had so many different emergent styles that were just brewing. Like the scene was just ready to explode. You had uh, heavy metal, uh, Deep Purple, just I think a year later after this one. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, what was the first record? Uh, uh, Shades of Purple. The, yeah, with Hush yeah, on it, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, progressive rock. I mean, The Who was just a year or two behind. Pink Floyd was in the studio at the same time in the same era. Like Maybe a little bit after this, but, you know, with Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Uh, I mean, Zeppelin was just about to define what it would be. Decade, to be yeah. a Yeah, to be a UK rocking megastar. Like, yeah. it was just, like, the Rolling Stones were getting off the ground and really starting to, you know, get off the runway and, and uh, kind of separate or create have rock and roll be its own thing thing rather than just being overdriven blues right. and so you know i would really say that this album you know if all those bands were doing that Jimi hendrix was right now in this record defining what it meant to be the guitar hero uh right. to be the person who just was on that stage you know guitar just you know slung cool. low just <laughs> looking cool just just and and really it's it's the whole um, vocabulary of of uh, of I guess would you say his style that comes through so well in this record. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like it's like all these effects that he's using. They're so commonplace today, but the way he was able to take that and make that coherent to take all these different uh, yeah. sounds and to put them together into a language that would be like, you know, like Kevin said, you put this record on in 1967, you listen to it and it just like, they're speaking this advanced kind of language. Yeah. That that you're just like, really, what yeah. Is, yeah. Like I've never yeah. heard thing, the, the guitar be communicated this way before. Uh, I mean, if you listen to his influences, I spent a bit of time this week going back to, um, you know, Chuck Berry and, and, you know, some of the uh, muddy waters, and some of the, you know, yeah. the big three Chicago blues and just kind of listening yeah. to that. And, you know, like like Chuck Berry rocks, but Chuck Berry is 12-bar blues and then 12-bar right. blues and then 12-bar yeah. blues. And then, like, it's yeah. just... And to my knowledge, there's really... I mean, there may be a song and I just forgot about it, but you know, a lot of these songs are not blues in, in the traditional sense of, you no. know, well, one, four, yeah, one, yeah. five, four, one, yeah. chord progressions and, and everything. Like, he's definitely using blues in terms of just, you know, uh, you know note choices but at least the songs are just much more ex interesting and experimental. And to come up with something like this and to put it out there and have it sound so fresh in terms of sound and playing yeah. is just absolutely, it, it's just timeless. And like Chris said, there aren't obvious weak spots. I think the only weak spot for me on this record would be that songs 1 to 11 that we're covering, the U.S. pressing of this, you know, you don't get a whole lot of variance, and it's not the fault of the artists. It's more just what was available in the era. At the time, yeah. You had to they have were. Pink Floyd-level, you know, uh, uh, Sid Barrett creativity in the studio to create yeah. something that's as different as, um, you know, uh, uh, um, what was that? Astronomy Domine is the opener yeah, of that right, record. Yeah. And then the Chapter yeah. 24 being completely different sounding. And, you know, like this, when you listen to this just top to bottom, it's all kind of just, you know, that same you know, it's great. It's golden. It's just the same top to bottom. Right, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, it's the yeah. kind of advanced blues rock where it's, it's not like what Clapton tried to maintain for years. Yeah. We're like, where it's heavy guitar, but still try, but still like based in Chicago blues where yeah, Jimmy, at least here, there was kind of like figuring it out. Like, okay, I want to do something different. This, these are my influences. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take it as far as I know at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause they do do it. And we'll get into that on the next couple of records. Cause he does start to, 
build on those, what you're talking about, but, yeah, uh, I want to see that too. And, yeah. and there's, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I guess maybe this record is a little bit closer to me of the, uh, it's closer to Nirvana, Nevermind, where it is a great record because of when it came out. And yeah, because of yeah, what yeah, it yeah. set, oh, that yeah. mo- that perfect moment. It is not the kind of record that I will put on and listen to like a, you know, like a dark side of the moon or, or animals or uh, right. you know, sheer heart attack is less timeless, but uh, it, you know, like Bohemian it, it, Rhapsody, it, it, a night at the opera. Kind of, yeah. I mean, like that's the kind of record that you will just go back to and listen to. Like you listen to dark side of the moon and, and Alex was mentioning this when we were covering that. It's just like, it sounds like it could be recorded today. It's ridiculous to love a production where this sounds yeah. like it was recorded in 67 with yeah. some great tones, some great sounds. So I'm not right. taking anything away from it. It's just in terms of like a, an absolutely special record. It doesn't necessarily hit that timelessness factor. Uh, uh, it is very, very 1967. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's just the first to do it. So I will give it, oh, do I, you know, I'll be a little generous. I'll, I will let myself be bumped up a little bit on this, and I will go 8.5 on this record. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, we got a uh, live comment from J411 in the chat here. He's saying, uh, I'm pretty sure I guessed right, and Kevin is the Steven Wilson fan. Uh, yes, <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> How would you know that? Must have listened to the greatest guitar solos uh, episode, maybe. Probably. Oh, I know yeah. you've talked about it a couple of times, and we might have had yeah, some that's, uh, that's, aside conversations. Yeah, that's definitely me. What was released? Was it seven years ago that Hand Cannot Erase was released? Yeah. Already? Yeah. Makes me feel old. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're streaming live on Twitch if you want to join us, join the debate at uh, twitch.tv slash light the sky. And Kevin, you had some uh, other comments that we had gotten uh, in the meantime. It's been a while since we read them off. We get a lot of uh, uh, emails, requests, hate mail, stuff like that. So why don't we catch up a little, on a little bit of that? Uh, I know we. Yeah. You know what? We had a, uh, a very nice comment. Um, from a George, just just says George. Um, <laughs> Thanks, George. Hey, hey guys, yeah. Um, and and it's quite a long comment, so I'll just kind of paraphrase. He says, "Greatly enjoyed your dis- dissection of Nirvana's catalog. Here are some notes that I wanted to share." And he goes on to to give us some very nice constructive criticism. We like constructive criticism around here. So he says that he was born in 1980. Um, he was so he was a little bit young when this hit in 1991 like the whole scene, Mm -hmm. but um, just kind of pointed out some of the other things that were going on in the time and um, a couple other things that we run into on this show um, that Nirvana released a bunch of songs that were not on the official album, so we missed those. So he was giving us some recommendations, always appreciated. And George, we definitely hear you loud and clear because we run into that every time and we're probably going to run into it on this discography where artists release singles and songs and and different songs out there um, and they're just not on the official releases and we always say, what do we do with these songs? So we'll go back and check out some of the Nirvana songs that you recommended. Always appreciate it. Always appreciate the listening. And maybe it will uh, influence my uh, opinion somewhat if I find that that one or two Nirvana songs that really speak to me. Find um, me another setless so apprentice. We'll maybe there's more. Yeah. yeah, right? Of all that. But yeah, we, we run into that. Um, you know, Van Halen was m- much more of an albums band and, and some of the other bands we've covered. But... Yeah, um, uh, we appreciate you pointing it out, too, because uh, we've had some comments before our, our dad always saying, see Emily, see Emily play. play on the Pink Floyd. So, 
it's always a debate around here about what to do, and we appreciate when bring, people bring it up. We got a request for uh, Wilco, Chicago-based band. Um, so we'll throw that in the pile. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to get to. So uh, not sure exactly where we're going next. Uh, we'll see what, uh, when Alex gets back. Where we want to go might do something that is a little bit on the longer side because we've been doing some rapid-fire discographies. Uh, right. right now, and uh, for those of you who have been looking for the Van Halen discographies, those, that have been that has been fixed. We switched podcast hosting providers, and whatever was lost in that transition has been found. So you can go back and listen to our early shows. Might be a little rough, might be a little mono, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> an audio glitch a week, I suppose it was. But we've yeah. got things. We're streaming live with video now. So uh, let's get. Are you got any more, Kevin, or we just want to get started? <laughs> Well, no, that's pretty much it. But uh, I will say, um, just as a notice to our group here and people online, you might know this, but this album is hard to find on YouTube in original form. Um, so I might be pulling a, a change up here and trying to stream it off my other computer. I don't know if we're going to get stereo tonight, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, all the uh, a lot of the ones, we usually use a sync tube, which... L- Let's us all listen at the same time, the same YouTube video. But it seems like a lot of YouTube videos out there are covers hey, hey, Kevin, or this tributes. Is, this album is in mono. Don't worry about it. No. Oh, well, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying the Skype. I uh, know. Actually, my my version was in stereo. Sound pretty. Maybe instruments recorded. Yeah. Instruments recorded. But anyway, this is this is where we're going. So we're pulling an audible here. For everybody, uh, but we're gonna start Purple Haze again. U.S. pressing Purple Haze at the top, uh, starting at one minute and forty-five seconds. As far as underneath the, uh, the the instruments, you have a where he's just like murmuring. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that is a very. <laughs> this does this does scream. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, you, you even if you weren't born, then you just think the sixties. Yeah, just like. But in yeah, a this, good way, I yeah. think it doesn't have that awful like hippie sixtiesness of it. That dates no, poorly. Like, that just has that when that kicks in, you know where you are. I compared this song in my notes to Van Halen's Unchained. Where it's just oh, that, yeah. that mass cool factor, factor, where it just yeah. starts off and you're just like, you know, looking sideways and just, all right, I'm ready to take on, you know, whatever, you know, whatever's coming because that really has just such an opening. It's one of those songs that, you know, or, you know, did you live in a rock under a rock? If you haven't heard this, it's really yeah. just ubiquitous at this point, but there yeah. are still, the more you listen to it, even as Chris, you said, I'd never noticed this or, or whatever, uh, you know, pull up Kevin. Cause I can't control it now, uh, tonight. 233, that ending, 
Uh, I think you Two were close to it yeah. uh, at the end. It was, there. Yeah, uh, it was pretty much where I stopped. Yeah, yeah, so just that here. that additional. Yeah, just. I mean, it's amazing this that single note texture, whatever that synthesizer, that early, you know, whether it's a Moog or it's just a guitar, yeah. super processed guitar. I don't know. Somebody could educate me on exactly what it is. I don't really care. It's cool. And something like that, like, <laughs> it just really adds another layer to it. I know it's so simple, but, you know, it just, it just Sorry, adds a, a cool, like, just, just, just something that adds, you know, the, the texture to the song that other, instead of just being a straightforward, just rocker. It just just has that okay. So this is almost sounds like a little bit of um, early Who or something. Like it just kind of has that yeah. okay. So two years later, we'd already be at uh, you know that kind of sound. So right, yeah. The uh, yeah, this is kind of the yeah. This is the moment, just the opening. I mean, that was pretty much. And I hate to compare it because I, I mean, I like this song a lot more. But like, it smells like Teen Spirit. Just that opener. It's like okay, okay. It's it's the changing of the guard as far as what was going on. Nothing sounded like nothing was as raw or in your face. I mean, this is kind of. Yeah, again, the beginning of kind of like that big, sexy, muscular rock. Yeah, and kind of the end of like that fluffy bunny kind of mid-60s kind of California rock that was going on, all the Beach Boys and all that kind of... Not that not that all that stuff was bad, but uh, but this is much more, again, yeah, this is like the... Okay, yeah, this is... Yeah, kind of like the if you want to, the underbelly or whatever, the thing that people... Kind of like the the id or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the, of the subconscious. Um... And uh, yeah, I mean it, it's a, it's it's a template setting song, like you said, Mario. I don't know what you what else to say about it. I mean, it's yeah, it's just one of those. And again, it, it was one of those moments as far as the importance of the riff, where they were. Yeah, it's like yeah, you had satisfaction by the Stones, um, uh, but but nothing nothing this visceral. Yeah, this really kind of cuts to the. Uh, but again, this is kind of the beginning of. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just like the loud kind of Marshall. Yeah, because this, I mean, he was pretty much the guy. I mean, yeah, Marshall Amps had been used up to that point, up to this uh, point, but it wasn't used in the same way before. I mean, yeah, he really kind of figured out as far as just yeah, using feedback and just the overall power section of an app. You know, but he, I mean, yeah, there's stories of, yeah, where people couldn't even stand in the studio with Jimmy because he would just crank everything up to... Yeah, kind of like what Eddie did uh, in Van Halen later. Yeah, you just kind of turn all, every, all the, the EQ up to mm-hmm. volume up to, and even if it's a small kind of like dead, dead five by five room or whatever, you've got a stack in there, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just you. You can kind of feel it too, even here. I mean, even for being what fifty five years old at this point, I mean, you can feel the yeah, just that liquidy kind of organic tone. Just it sounds yeah, it, 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 sonically even like the texture is. It sounds like it's just all going all out. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, just like preamp section gang. Yeah, it's like no, this is all just non-master volume. Yeah, we just got you want it. You want it to sound good. You gotta, you gotta rumble some buildings down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, can you play the opener? Can you cue up the way this oh, record yeah. kicks off? Absolutely. Yeah. Just, what a is, riff. Is that, yeah. Is that oh. a tritone? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like it kind of has that bouncy, like side to side to side to side. And then all of a sudden it just starts driving right through it. So you kind of go on like right, left, right, left, 
center like for that main yeah, riff it's yeah. such a cool it's, opener it, it, yeah it's it funny with it, it's funny with how much how much people kind of talk about his sort of smoke on the water being this kind of but i don't think that's anywhere as cool as this yeah uh, yeah smoke on the water is pretty cool chris yeah but i mean it's, it's, it's <laughs> i mean it's it's simple but i it's think a good this, era yeah, this of just, music yeah but this i don't know this just has a little bit more personality i guess yeah i guess smoke on the water is a little bit overplayed but yeah, there's something about this though that just kind of gets right to the, yeah, yeah, to the heart of the cuts to the bone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what kind of what what what's something comparable you could think? I mean, smells like Teen Spirit. I think is comparable in terms of just those opening chords. Yeah. You know, sets you in a time and a place, and is just yeah. ready to take you somewhere else. Um, right. Unchained is not the debut of Van Halen. I don't know. Would you say "Ain't Talking About Love" might be well, no, just it, that with that opening riff? Yeah, that wasn't the first song on the record, though. I mean, no, well, I guess you could argue, yeah. Uh, but well, it, you could yeah. argue that this is not too technically, depending on which pressing you. Hit. I'm just talking about like the call right. to arms, you know. Yeah. If if this is gonna yeah. sound weird, like like that's Bon Jovi when you, you know he released "Runaway" as a single, and he just had that. It was a call to arms. Every poofy-haired guy had to go get a, an Oberheim and a and a Yacht and a, and a, and a DX7, yeah. and just just start adding that texture. It was like just like everybody started doing it, and like this yeah. is kind of that. This is that call to arms moment for the Strat plus Marshall. And, you know, yeah. other guys were doing it, I'm sure, but this was that. Nothing to you know, this effect, though. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm sure, like, if our dad were on the show tonight, um, you know, who's, who's a big Ratchy, Richie Blackmore fan, he would just say, like, well, well, you know, Smoke on the Water is the, is the song. So, you know, this is just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all, you can make an argument for. for well, they're all album. great. I mean, they all are, yeah, kind of like, man, I wish, yeah, just, just a simple variance of notes, yeah, that just totally, yeah, chanted. They were. Like like I said about it, and talking about love, like there's that A minor chord. It was there. They're just waiting. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, yeah, I have a chord that had been used how many times, and Eddie just oh, I'm gonna split it up into like a like this arpeggiated kind of yeah. And it makes you think yeah. how special could this have been? Because you know I, I've thought about the before <laughs> cultural trends and people who became known for them, and it usually I I go to the opinion of if that person did not do it, someone else would have. Like if Eddie Van Halen didn't come around and, and start, you know, tapping and turning his back and just doing crazy stuff on the guitar, would nobody have done it? Or would have somebody else, you know, figured it out and maybe it wouldn't have been as popular, but right. eh, this is well, just know, a thought experiment. But I if know, Jimi uh, Hendrix had not yeah. done this, would it have still come, you know, would Jeff Beck probably still would have, you know, Richie Blackmore still would have, you know, done something. Yeah, the thing with Jeff Beck, yeah, he didn't, I mean, he's a great guitar player, but he didn't have the same charisma in, like, taking it to the masses. So I you mean, need yeah, somebody I mean, like the Kurt Cobain style of coolness, I suppose. Right. And when Jimmy had, I mean, I mean, yeah, Jimmy was kind of the beginning. I mean, he was the first real, like, cool kind of, yeah, like, young, I mean, just look at me, look at that. I, I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate to yeah. say this, I hate to say this, but there's a parallel with Cobain in the fact, and this is, we're going to bring it up eventually, but... They die young, and yeah. they don't also have Damn. a chance to taint a legacy. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a this is another three three albums and out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I mean, that, that's albums, not though. that's not to say that you know he wouldn't have done great stuff, and that that's not putting this down, but it does make this seem even yeah, it's hard. Yeah, like a, yeah. bigger, yeah. you know, because he didn't have a chance. Let's say I don't know, thirty years, he's not embarrassing himself, and then yeah, uh, but guitarists still don't releasing albums. Do that like. Like singers do, so to be He's fair, I think too. I would have assumed that Hendrix would have 
continued to innovate. It's, I mean, it's just a. I mean, maybe, yeah. but didn't weren't people saying like there was like that moment in BB King's career when it was just kind of like sad, and he's like eighty five and he can barely play, but he's still touring. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I don't know. It's, if, yeah. it's you just kind of feel embarrassed, and that's not putting down what he's done before, but yeah, you know, I I just throwing it out there just because you know yeah. it's the flame that burns bright and fast. Yeah, I think Jimmy had just kind of magnifies yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll move on in a minute, but yeah, I think Jimmy had a, a little bit more tools in his toolbox. I mean, compared to some of like the more straight ahead blues guys, like he was just and, getting started. Right. And I, and yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, if you read up, I mean, he was a fan of classical music. He was into jazz. I mean, well, you see, I mean, it's in his, it's in his arrangements and you can see it. Um, and I think there was talk where he wanted, I think to go and correct me, any our our listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but I I thought he wanted to go in like a jazz fusion direction, kind of like Mahavishnu, Vishnu orchestra and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but never got to realize that. Uh, but I had heard that that was kind of on the, on the horizon, that that was something that, uh, uh, that he was kind of just kind of, again, just like, expanding into all areas of guitar, not just blues rock, which he kind of, yeah, is unfortunately this one only known for that, but, sure. uh, but he had, hit, there was a little yeah. bit more kind of a deeper reservoir there that wasn't realized. Yeah. So we got a little side check going on the Twitch live chat about dream theater. Uh, uh, J for 11 loves Mike Magini. <laughs> Uh, uh, I do too. I thought the band got uh, much better when they kicked Portnoy. Uh, Portnoy <laughs> left for fame and fortune and adventure. You're trying to get blocked there? Yeah, yeah and uh, the I will take that album over anything Facebook. that they were doing in that trajectory. But back A to Manic Turn of Defense. Yes, yes. Uh, Manic Depression, track two on this. We're going to start this one at one minute and 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, you know what, Kevin, why don't you yeah. take this one? Oh, you know what I was going to say is that I appreciate track one or track two. I've not heard this song before. I've heard Purple Haze. Uh, haven't what? heard this no. one before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not knowing what I was getting into with this album, I'm like, well, are we going to get the same groove? Is it going to be the same kind of like... You know, tempo, same kind of feeling, and right away we get this kind of shuffle groove. Dunk it, dunk it. Yeah, I know it's yeah. I like where this is going. Yeah, I like that it, it's we're switching it up a little bit. It's not it's not totally different, but it's enough. I will start to say this here on this song, but it'll be a theme throughout the rest of the album. The drums on this album, I quite enjoy. Oh, yeah. I was going was it, to say that too. Mitch Mitchell, I think, is the yeah. drummer. Yeah, Mitch. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, Mitch, a, he's, there, he's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many times when I wasn't paying to the guitar yeah. or Jimmy at all, but there were some 
tearing up going on on the drums. I was like, whoa. And I, th- this is one of those moments I wish he would almost benefit from more modern production because mm. it gets a, a little lost in, in kind of the mono, you know, right. very dry centered, and... Yeah. Yeah, centered centered drums. Yeah. I, I wish I could have heard the band like in the studio. Yeah, just uh, that would have been. Just imagine like the, the uh, um, uh, you know Alan Parsons or something. You know, with the way that they mixed uh, uh, Nick Mason with this kind of thing, where yeah. you feel like you're in the kit. You know, remember that from yes. the Floyd era? Like it's right there. Yeah. It's I, the kids in front of your face. Oh, the grooves that just go on. I, I, I totally great. agree with that. And for this one, I thought that there was, well, one, it fits the vibe of the song so well that, uh, you know, it's a shuffle or it's 6-8 or whatever you want to call it, but it has a very circular feeling, which I think mm, fix, yeah. uh, fits the, the manic depression theme of the song, just kind of going back and forth and back and forth, kind of the bipolarity right. of the groove really fits well. And, you know, I was listening to the drums, too, and just, you know, really uh, thinking of um, Elvin Jones, uh, the J- John Coltrane's drummer from, uh, I think it was 60 to 66, and just that loose feeling, just that, uh, you know, before before Coltrane went more polyrhythmic in his later years, which I think Coltrane was done with Elvin Jones. They'd split by 66, so this is a little bit after that, right about that same time, but it just feels like there's more... Uh, Rather than jazz is based off blues, but it's more, you know, they're pulling jazz influences into this and that open drumming feeling, just where the groove just is always very open and live and and just in the pocket, I I think really fits this, especially in the two spot. I I really wasn't expecting it. I, I, I had known of this song. I had heard it before. I just wasn't aware of the order at which this had played out. So I, I really think this, this is just, this is a one, two punch for sure. Like, geez, like what, what gets better than that in terms of a debut? Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's one of those really, I can't imagine how loud is this song must've been in the recording studio. Like Kevin, yeah, like the solo part that you played there. I yeah, just being yeah. trying being in the room when Jimmy's firing away. Cause you can tell he's digging into that. I mean, there's no, yeah. And it just, yeah, it's just all, Oh Yeah. Just that that meat and potatoes kind of, yeah. This is not X effects or any kind of, yeah. This is all just yeah, all out yeah. Just yeah, hundred watt goodness yeah that you don't really see or need anymore. Though some of us still enjoy it. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great even for a uh, yeah because yeah yeah the theme is kind of yeah kind of a proto like turbulent relationship song as far as uh, yeah the. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know if Jimmy was trying to get off as yeah as far as yeah just the depression you get through in a or that you deal with in a relationship with a uh, with a bad woman. Yeah, and that's kind of I think that theme kind of runs throughout a lot of it, a lot of those songs. Yeah, being in the wrong, <laughs> but it's great because yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah, it, br- it, it brings it to center. To him for writing and having that image that I guess would you call it like a cream influenced image? I guess. Oh yeah, I mean or he was Janis yeah, Joplin. He, he, like I mean it's very. Yeah, he respected Clapton quite a bit, even though Clapton was a few years younger. But Clapton kind of made his name, of course, like a couple of years uh, ahead of Jimmy. Um, and yeah, you feel well, that. It's pro- yeah, it's, it's just a yeah. And props to Hendrick for having his develop his own his own voice and really just you know, uh, there's not really a lot in this record that's just kind of that hippy dippy lyrics. Like it is interesting, you know. It's, it's it is no very yeah, yeah very much so. And the, and the other thing that I kind of never noticed before, this is one of those songs that just like stands on the periphery of like straight blues. Like you can hear the blues, but it's so slight mm-hmm. that it, yeah, Jimmy kind of makes it his, 
uh, makes it his own, especially in his singing. You can see that's like a that's like a that's a Chicago blues kind of just sitting on like the street corner with a band, just kind of it's got that vibe to it. But it, with Jimmy's kind of non traditional, where he's just injecting it more with rock and roll. Would yeah, you say the Stones did that a little bit earlier, or would you pin Hendrix? Well, yeah, you're I mean, a fan they, of both. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they were massive fans of Chicago blues. I mean, they recorded. Yeah. Um, I think it was their yeah, they were, it was second that or in Chicago. Side. Yeah, da, 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 uh, um, uh, Chess Records. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. Yeah. They. It was the first time they had come to the states. Yeah. Funny enough, I think one of their first gigs, I think, was actually it might have been. Either the Airy Crown or the Aragon, I can't remember, which is kind of cool to think of that. Yeah, where it's like mm-hmm. the first like U.S. debut was actually in our home. Yeah, yeah, in our, kind of in our backyard. Uh, sure. But yeah, so yeah, so there was, yeah, of course, I mean, a lot of this, like, yeah, that, that was like in the DNA of the Stones, especially in the beginning when they were still covering a lot of blues songs. But uh, yeah, a lot of these guys are in the same school. I mean, of yeah, they yeah, Chicago blues was very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, well, but I like how here where you kind of masks itself, where you, if you, but if you pay attention enough, you notice those little things, yeah. Still there. Yeah, this is this is basically like I mentioned the runway, the liftoff uh, off the ground when rock and roll, rock becoming its own thing, that is still grounded mm-hmm. in its influences, but it had now developing its own vocabulary. Right. Sure. All right. Well, let's move on to Hey Joe. We're gonna start this one at fifty seconds. <laughs> things come together here you know it's funny i was reading my notes right before uh, i was about to talk and then i was listening at the same time first of all the fills mm-hmm. the fills yeah, are those, so yeah. good the drum fills amazing I-, I love just the texture the background vocals they're not too much they add just enough and then it's just like you get this perfect grooving fill into like this perfect clean strat tone that everybody's been chasing yeah. since and it's oh. just like you have to you you, you just smile at it play you that just smile They're like this like play that just cue it right from the top the opening Man. yeah I, I know yeah It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, what a yeah, sound just what a transition just the way it's like in 11 seconds it's like an entire career's worth of accomplishment maybe yeah, i'm talking wild, this up yeah. a little too much but no it is i, I mean know. you can it i just, know yeah i like i i know we talked about as far as that he died at 27 only had a very small body of work but i mean we're still talking about it though so it's not like he didn't do yep. he didn't present something 
that wasn't a value or that wasn't yeah i mean nothing has really had this at least in this type of guitar playing has had that kind of impact yeah by an individual like that i don't think yeah we've never that's again why we're still talking about him um but yeah as far as i mean you think about a textbook like archetypical like rock riff or whatever you want to call it this is this should be like on the cover of if there was a book that with sound (laughs) that would be the you want to know what that like what you what that is yeah this is an example and it's where i mean you see like in the opening track like a lot of very heavy very thick here not so thick but just as impactful it's just a different attempt at a very lyrical musical line and uh, i think he was very good at that yeah i know yeah um yeah people talk about kind of the more kind of yeah weird psychedelic bendy kind of uh, but yeah, when he, he, he knew how to write a, a meaningful mm-hmm. riff, I mean, it's, yeah, and that's hard to do. I mean, as far as, yeah, yeah. Especially more than a couple of notes. I mean, where he actually takes a whole passage and a ding, ding, ding. I mean, you know, you can hear it in your head. It's one of those kind of ingrained in our, our musical subconscious. Yeah. So th- this is the one that also has the lyrics uh, way down Mexico way, right? Yeah. Yeah. That one kind of was, is a little, I mean, it was the 1960s, but that uh, was, it was, it was a little, yeah, go ahead, Chris. I guess maybe. Yeah, this have a, this was actually like, a weird thing. Yeah, that I was because uh, again, this is this is a cover. Uh, this is not a yeah, song that Jimmy wrote. Yeah. And it's weird. It's uh, just from reading up on it. As far as who has ownership of the song or who the original author, it's, there, there's still debate about it. Um, there was a guy in the early '60s who copyrighted it, but there has been debate on whether he actually wrote it. Yeah, uh, because mm-hmm. I guess yeah, there was a note that I found where they said for a while it was like public domain. Uh, mm-hmm. And then this one blues singer, I think, or, you know, who, who kind of made it like a minor hit in his own, like the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, he's like, well, nobody owns. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put my mark on it. I'm gonna legally own it. Okay, so we've uh, got a uh, yeah. another uh, uh, comment in the chat from good yeah. old M N Heckle, uh, who is requesting that we listen to the first Hey Joe recording. To your point, uh, by yeah. the Leaves, and uh, also yeah. the version by Deep Purple, and I think I'm going to take them up on that. Kevin, since you're on Spotify, oh, yeah. can you cue us up the Deep Purple version of this, and we will just do a one to one between the titans of the late '60s. Which one might you prefer, Chris? Are you familiar with either of these? Uh, no, I know the uh, who's that? Uh, Tim Harden, I think, was the. Here we uh, go. Emma and Heckle. Okay, I want to see when this starts. <laughs> That's definitely uh, deep purple. Yeah. Very spaghetti western. Just skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, I was going to do that. Wait, so, wait, so this is Hey Joe? <laughs> hey, it's cool. Yeah, I would have been. I'm going down a oh, there it is. Okay. Because <laughs> I caught a mess around with another man. Was that off the first record? It's a deep purple. It was. Okay. Yes, I'm going down to shoot my lady. Wow, yeah, they really Because uh... I caught him messing around with another man. Yeah, I mean that's that's the deep purple. 
vocabulary, I suppose, opposed to the Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I mean it's it's seven and a half minutes long. Geez, okay, yeah, that, that, that definitely song. embellished that it's, one. It's it's got that you know intro and all that, yeah, which kinda, is kinda, which kinda, is I mean maybe listening to Blackmore, it, it's pretty cool stuff too. <laughs> it did it did have a little bit of a like a spaghetti western kind of thing with John Lord's uh, yeah keyboard. I don't know what that kind of, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it takes a while before you figure it out. But yeah, I think I'll still take the uh, the Jimmy version. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, more, this is who you grew a, up a, a on. Little bit, a, a little bit more subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's not cool. I mean, I'm I'm all for yeah, kind of loud, kind of bombastic. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to track four on Are You Experienced? Um, this is Love or Confusion on the U.S. version, starting at fifty-six seconds. <laughs> where uh we'll start to break down a little bit for me uh where we step away from that perfect 10 that we had really been up to to this point uh, the song is fine it just feels a little bit more of a live kind of hold it together type piece i mean especially that solo is a bit mm-hmm. noodly it's a bit unfocused yeah. um that bass line there annoys me just one five one five one five one just going up and down uh, the the triad or not the triad yeah, it, I guess, it, it, the third there but uh, i mean yeah. it feels live it just it, it just doesn't it's got a lot to live up to with the first three songs there i do love the breakdown or that uh, that chromatic walk down dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 like that's just so metallica i don't know it's <laughs> just like it's weird to hear that <laughs> but 20 years oh yeah what is what is that that that's from from a Metallica song, I can hear it in my head right now. I don't know. Maybe it's like dun dun. It just chugs away. Justice or something. Yeah, it's still a cool song. It just got a lot to live up to. I mean, the first three was just a straight up three for like three home runs on three pitches, really. And then now we've got like a hit by pitch or something. Like yeah, this. I will say this is more of I guess as far as going for like a traditional like pop rock like charting song, and it's definitely one of the more where you can feel yeah like the 67 kind of dry kind of production yeah it kind of has that uh yeah it's, it's, it doesn't sound as good as the other yeah a little bit too. i, I noticed that it sounds a little it, it, different it, it, uh, like again it's still yeah the the, the more major melodies do kind of give me a little bit of a warm blanket but again i yeah this album has had many years to kind of where i just have a soft spot for almost all of these songs um and even some of yeah yeah this is definitely as far as Jimmy using that summer of love kind of lyrical expression as far as yeah connecting with the significant other yeah yeah as far as uh, the love for somebody is that the stars in the sky or is it a rainbow down that's that's such a late sixties kind of yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, will it burn me if I touch the sun? Yeah, like that kind of. I thought you know, that it, was kind of it, like uh, that Purple Haze lyric. Uh, Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Sky, yeah. I thought it was a cool it, callback, even if the songs are completely different topics. Yeah. Right. And it is. And again, and Jimmy got, again, whether it was influenced by substances or whatever, really got in. Sometimes you have to pay attention. And sometimes maybe there's no point. Maybe it's just like, you know, you had to be inside mm-hmm. that chemically influenced yeah, head of his, yeah, to understand what he was. Uh, but I like here how you kind of, everything kind of connects. You can kind of see where the imagery is going. Um yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I understand your, your points. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's not as musically strong, but it's still, it's a nice little warm blanket there. Yeah. kind of, yeah, again, it's not, I don't think it was meant to compete with any, yeah, sure. it was just to try, try to kind of bring it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have yeah. the feeling that MN Heckle has logged off after Hey Joe. <laughs> that was a song <laughs> that was going to make the deep purple point. Uh, not that this record goes downhill. I think that there's some interesting stuff coming up, but uh, yeah, like yeah, it's just, uh, that's okay. Not bad. I I, en- I enjoyed the. Uh, I didn't know about the Deep Purple reference, so that's totally fine. Um, I I'll listen to the whole. You know, thing it's, later. you know, it's funny. I forgot uh, going back to the op- uh, the opening track uh, that uh, Winger's version of Purple Haze. I yeah, I is. think everyone tries to forget <laughs> we, that we, one. we don't we don't mention I that. Don't yeah. Those of us who even like wingers still don't talk about that. <laughs> it's a, a you're uh, that I, deep into winger that you're you're aware of the purple haze. I just uh, I just yeah. I just love all the just like that it's like a nadir in their very kind of already unstable career where people just like said what were they? Okay. They were already on thin ice. <laughs> but that 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 should have been the Japanese bonus track. Let's it, just put it, it that there's way. probably like a compilation you can make of the worst purple haze covers of all time. I'm sure that this one of those songs that. You just had yeah. to be there. You had to have that charisma to, yeah, to pull be able out. to pull off a yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. All right, let's this guy. let's move on to May This Be Love, starting at forty-five seconds. Through the mystery of my waterfall. Some people say they dream is for all the lazy-minded fools with nothing else to do. So let them laugh, laugh at me. So just as long as I have you to see me through, I have nothing to lose. Long as I have you. Uh, it's gonna be difficult for me to put how I feel about this oh, song boy. into words. And, and no, 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 no. Right. So this is how I, this is how I'm feeling, Chris. Is that I feel like the song is almost necessary for the album because it it switches it up a little bit. You know, yeah. we've got a different feeling. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I, like, I can't say that I'm going to like, like if I put on the album, I'm not going to reach for this song. Like it feels kind of folksy. I don't mind that. And it's not a bad song. Like I can't point to anything and say like, that's bad. And I feel like it's necessary and I enjoyed it when I listened to it. So, so it's just kind of like a there. So I want you to sell me on this song. Um, 
Okay, yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is a song that, yeah, uh, I mean, even listening to the record as, as a young kid, but that I kind of had forgotten about for a while. It, was, it wasn't the song that I always okay. went to, but uh, it was a song that I kind of came to, yeah, yeah kind of really get into because it it's one of those, like, when I need to relax, I put this one on. It's one of those kind of in my, my playlist. It's, I will say it is very similar to Love or Confusion. It's got that lighter kind of fair, a little bit more major sounding. Um, and I like how I think you kind of played that part where it kind of did around a minute where it kind of punches a little bit where you kind of the energy picks up. Mm-hmm. Um, I like yeah. the, yeah, the imagery is really nice. Um, yeah, it just sounds like one of the, yeah, one of those moments where you can see Jimmy's kind of relaxing and just kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, just thinking about as far as how to, yeah, how to, how to handle the, the, the harder parts of life. Like that kind of, you know, uh, with using his, yeah, Jimmy ism imagery. Did you cue up the um, intro? I, I'm, to this having one? Chris, yeah. Yeah, I'm having Chris. Yeah, I'm having Chris sell me and, on this song. And I, yeah. and I you saw me. I was try the intro of this song. Try this one on for size. Okay. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing that these days it's just, well, I mean, anybody could do that. But to be the first one to put something like to get that together, to, to have that up, very yeah. Elvin Jones, just Tom work going on, right. and then just have that descending. I don't know if he's just using, he's just bending on the whammy bar or whatever he's doing on the guitar there. Um, and I don't know, it was just the one that there was, it was based on his career as a paratrooper, that they was kind of trying to recreate the I sounds. didn't like uh, it's possible. Um, well, I know he did that. Hmm. I think he did that a couple of times as far as imitating kind of yeah, unconventional sounds on the guitar. Um, it's it, it just the yeah. mix of it, this, this guy is so good at coming up with <laughs> like 15 second intros that yeah. take you all over the place. And we've right. done that a couple of times where you, what is this? And then yeah. just waterfall, hmm. like and you weren't expecting that at all. And the backing and the yeah. backing guitar is just so warm blanket. I just love that. And yeah, Kevin, if you could play yeah, yeah that uh, the solo at one fifty seven, uh, just the cinematic quality to it. Yeah, it 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 just sounds like a legendary guitar player in his time. special moments of stillness in that i, I kind of yeah. don't want to like this mm-hmm. one because it's a little ballady and might feel a little more like a yeah. we just want to write a love song yeah. um but i think there's enough in this that there it's just really good it just got yeah. that laying in bed at the end of a very long oh, yeah, weekend and yeah, just, that's what, just yeah. have, putting this on oh, and just yeah. feeling it hmm. just kind of just wash over is, is yeah, that's what yeah that's what i said uh after you walked away uh Mark, yeah, that uh, this is uh, like when I need to relax. Yeah, this is one of those songs I have that I kind of put on, and it just kind of helps yeah, kind of put I, me I, at I ease. Can, yeah, that that's one of the things about this record that you could go back to. That gives it that I'll put this yeah. on a second, okay. third, fourth time yeah. to do. 
I like the points. Both of you have made some good points, and we'll see how it shakes out in the love it or flush. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to that. Three out of eleven. Maybe, maybe I buy it, Chris. You never okay. know. Um, but let's move on to I don't live today, starting at two minutes and fourteen seconds. <laughs> like a big like middle finger to the scene like okay this is what this is what you do yeah and everybody else is just struggling to try to yeah just yeah just by being yeah just too much like in the studio as far as just being musicians where jimmy has got this just the swagger yeah that just can't so it's yeah, got that let me educate you moment oh uh, that... yeah um yeah i yeah this is another uh uh as far as just uh, it's got that that main kind of yeah, riff part it just really kind of punches it yeah, punches you and then you've got like that weird subtle kind of feedback i don't know if what it, it almost feels like there's like a weird talk box kind of thing but i think it's just him kind of just wailing on the uh yeah you can probably just start at the beginning yeah kevin can you can you open it up yeah i just want to yeah no problem yeah it's like the first like 30 seconds yeah yeah, yeah. Feedback. I don't know. It just I adds this weird. Yeah. It's kind of like that purple haze texture at the end. Yeah. It's yeah. It's got kind of like the, like the shit's getting real kind of feel to it. I don't know why. I just yeah. It's weird. It's like it's not, it's almost an effect. It's like a yeah. It's weird. It's it's a note, but it yeah. It's just yeah. It's yeah. It's got this weird kind of just yeah. Almost like a gunshot like that. It yeah. adds to the uncomfortability of it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this was a staple of the live performance. Chris, maybe yeah, you could chime in. Uh, I, I'm not sure, actually. I know that, again, this is, I guess, if you want to talk about Jimmy getting more kind of, uh, as far as looking at social justice, I guess. I guess the song had to do with the treatment of Native Americans and other minorities and during the 60s. Mm -hmm. uh, when you read about it, yeah, there is kind of a, a feeling of helplessness in the lyrics. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. see, yeah, well, I live tomorrow. Well, who knows? Yeah, like that kind of. Uh, I didn't catch it. I mean, unless you read that up uh, up on that, you wouldn't know that. But I thought that was kind of a uh, yeah, an interesting. Okay, uh, so regardless of yeah. that. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, like, I don't know. As far as a live, bomb as far as what I was thinking about. As far as a live, I, I, I but don't. Mark Mark asked like like a, a just a live setting, and Chris just goes. Because no, right here's what I was thinking. No, I, was, I was thinking in the kind. I was thinking in the and again, the fan base and the promoters probably didn't know that. As far as promoting certain songs in a live setting, I don't. But I don't think I don't think that would have been a problem with. Uh, well, this. Uh, yeah. I was listening to this album uh, with my wife and, uh, or, you know, I had it on in the car and she was listening to it. <laughs> and uh, it, 
you know, we were talking about um, uh, Max's Kansas City, the club in New York, that was the gathering point for a whole lot of culture. It was just a, a, a cultural crossroads, I suppose. Um, you know, the number of artists that went through there, including Hendrix, uh, I believe uh, Hendrix and uh, Jim Morrison hung out there. Um, yeah, I think and, so, yeah. I mean, Andy Warhol and, and his crew were always there. Uh, so it's the kind of, the, this song in particular is that one where you just hear it and you're just like, what is that? You're, you're live, you're sitting there and it just kind of, just, it, it, there's some kind of magnetism to it. I think the song has some kind of like, if you were heard that at a club like that, where you're not there, like you're there because you're, you're part of the Warhol scene. Um, you know, you're, you're part of that. And then you just hear like Hendrix is there and he's playing this and it just kind of has that, like you would gravitate toward it. It's just so interesting. Like just like what, what's going on there. It's kind of almost the equivalent of that. And there's a little bit later uh, that I'll, I'll bring that up again. But uh, again, there's just, there's just this, this one to me is that, that I'll, I'll be there for this one live. Yeah. It, it hits too. Like I said, just that ding, 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 ding. Like you can feel like that's just digging into the, that's my favorite kind of playing. Um, and I love how yeah, you kind of where he starts detuning the guitar with like that old, then it goes back into the main riff, and you got Jimmy yelling. And again, you can see that's just a perfect live, yeah, perfect live moment. Yeah, we're just getting people. Yeah, it's like that, uh, like one of those definitive like freak out moments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe this is a deep cut. I don't know. This is a great middle of the of the album yeah. content. I don't yeah, know when we flip it yes. over. Yeah, this is definitely when are we a deep flipping cut, it over yeah. on this one. This is the closer. Uh, right now, yeah. the wind cries Mary is your first song on the B side um for the u.s version uh we'll start this one right from the top after all the jets are in the boxes and the clouds have all gone to Happiness staggering on down the street. Footprints dressed in red. And the wind whispers clearly. A broom is drearily sweeping up the broken pieces of yesterday. You know, it's funny. Yeah, this I, I always kind of looked at this song as the like the sister to Hey Joe. It's got that great intro that's very similar, a little lighter, that you immediately know what it is, and then it goes into this really great kind of subtle like background guitar with the vocals. Uh, very similar structure, but again, they 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 do have their own personalities. Uh, and again, yeah, like uh, like Hey Joe, it has a yeah that very memorable, very simple solo. Again, yeah, just taking a few yeah. short kind of. Can we cue that up? One twenty-one. Yeah, yeah you had thank that you. Yeah. There I did. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could you miss this one? Yeah. Traffic light. 
turn. As M.N. Heckle says, a Stratocaster staple. It just yeah. has that. There's something about that solo, uh, or even that just that piece of music right there. This the richness of it, where you can just smell the wood and the smoke, the cigarette smoke in the, studio, in the yeah. wood, in the pine, in yeah. the floor of the studio. Yeah, like it's just that haze of late yeah. '60s or you know early yeah. '70s. Just, just you know, what an exciting time to really be in the recording Creative. studio, just listening to the oh, magic yeah. being cut to the two inch tape there. It just, yeah. it's uh, like, why? I mean, and yeah. I like how the solo is not straight blues. I mean, there's a lot of major to it. It's it yeah. very almost you know, like, uh, you know, it's not as West Montgomery as the later song is going to be, but it is very much more modal than it is blues. Right. Uh, and I love the imagery in here too. It sounds like he's just like, like reflecting on just like all these little, stories happening within a block of each other like all these little things going on i know the song supposedly had to do with uh, like his on and again off again relationship with his girlfriend at the time um we'll make it again. about whatever we want yeah but if you read yeah you see like all these little like uh all the clowns have gone you can hear staggering on down the street footprints dressed in red yeah again a lot of that uh uh but you can see it's like he's almost like reflecting on multiple stories at once See, like i'm talking about this i'm talking about yeah Sure, all like the, reals all, all people of images he knows. coming by. Right. In, yeah, it, do, it does get a little abstract at the end, talking about uh, as far as yeah, uh, the names blowing in the wind. Yeah, it's like, will we remember? Yeah, where it kind of deviates a little bit. Uh, but again, you probably had to be there to really understand. And, um, and this one might be. Yeah. Uh, this one might be the song where he stands on his own as a vocalist. Um, I mean, we haven't talked oh, about yeah. that at all. And we're six songs, seven songs deep into this uh, record. Great voice. I know they don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is where I think that where it, where it you, you know, can feel the textures, out, you can, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can feel the, the richness yeah. of it. That is true. Well, let's kick it up uh, in terms of the energy uh, just a little Get bit. Get a little propane uh, to the this, mix. Uh, yeah, with uh, this song called Fire, starting <laughs> right from the start. <laughs> on this one i'm not sure. totally lost here but i mean i do like how this really sits in between two eras if we're looking at it from the perspective we are which is very retrospectively that you have a very 50s chuck berry uh, this is probably the most bluesy sounding piece on the record maybe um and then this also sounds extremely david lee roth era van halen it is, and Even again, just down to the, the the way the lyrics are delivered, or the way the vocals are delivered. And again, this is this, this is the, in between. The proto. Yeah, this is yeah. Proto, so I, uh, late I appreciate 70s it. party rock. Yeah, I yeah. Guess I you mean, could I, say. I 
I appreciate this sitting here in between those and really giving me context of how we got from Chuck Berry to Van Halen. Um, but aside that, like there's, there's not, I don't know, maybe you can sell me on what I'm missing in the song in terms of what makes it special as a standalone piece. Um, I don't know. Again, it's, I mean, I had, this was kind of what pop rock is supposed to be. It's catchy. It's short. It kind of, yeah, it just yeah, it's has 234, that. Isn't it? Yeah, it? yeah. It has that simple dun dun. Yeah. Again, it's just, yeah, it's again, yeah, one of the kind of more, yeah, visceral kind of, well, I'm talking about in like a, like a primal kind of way. Yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, it's not meant to be any more than it is. Um, uh, and it struts. I mean, it's got that, like, you can see, like, you're just walking down the, like the intro to some kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, like a like somebody's black exploitation film or whatever. Yeah, just like the opening, somebody walking down the sidewalk or whatever. Yeah, just yeah, and they're in their yeah, and they're. Suit, I'll yeah. give you something, Mark, yeah. if you want. Um, I'm looking over the track list, and we've got some solid, great tunes. But if you're talking about something that you can really get into live and in your face, I feel like this would be my live song that would just. Oh yeah, that's that one where people remember the word rager. Remember the word This is kind of a rager. This is a '60s rager. Like if you think you think purple purple haze rocks, right? It does, but without a doubt. But like this, a da 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 Going nuts yeah. for, for a song like this. It's almost, you, know, you, 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 you could say it's got this weird kind of punk rock vibe, where it's just, this is where you like cut loose in the club. You're just kind of like where everybody starts going nuts and kind of, yeah. It's, if, yeah, if, that, that's if, what it is. If, it's the letting if loose. There, song if, if, if there was stage it. diving in the in, in 67, this would have been the moment. This would have been <laughs> that Max moment. Kansas yeah. City's Andy Warhol stage diving. <laughs> diving and falling on you, all these kind of, yeah, no, it's, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, again, yeah, it's probably more like throwing chairs at them. Right. Or in the uh, crowd, I feel, but I think we needed something like this because it's just it feels a little bit more on the edge. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fun. Um, yeah, a couple, it's, of, yeah. a couple, a couple of the songs previously were more uh, restrained and controlled in a good way, right. but this feels like we're letting. You got it. You okay, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give yeah. credit to this one. It's not that generic. Flip the side over and get a burner. <laughs> like at right. least, yeah, it, no, it's good yeah, enough yeah. to be like buried in the eighth spot and right. still. Be, you know, you know I got to put my burner in the eight spot. That means you have one through seven has kept the audience's interest. Um, yeah. And also one thing I never really noticed, uh, the um, yeah, uh, Noel's bass playing is actually really kind of doom, 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 doom. It kind of really drives. I never really paid attention to it. Uh, I know he's a guy who's not really who's known as far as like one of the top bass. I know Jimmy, I think, kind of helped him out quite a bit as far as arrangements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just love the flow of that, where you can hear just underneath everything, just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, just yeah. oh, yeah, he drives nice it every time it turns around, bum, 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 yeah. bum, you know, just yeah. And and one yeah. other part I wanted to point out, I love that where it kind of goes into just that power chord moment at 108, Kevin. Yeah, where yeah, where yeah, where Jimmy starts talking, and then it goes yeah, into the solo. Yeah. Yeah. Take over. Subtle power chords there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, I hope those drum skins were just being like obliterated. Yeah. He's a machine. I mean, Mitch, you if, if, if there's the, anything, you could just see the dents in the thing. And sadly, I know, yeah, yeah, Mitch. I mean, uh, uh, over time, I mean, didn't really. Yeah, I don't think he was as appreciated. Uh, yeah, and really didn't get to enjoy kind of the fruits of that just because of how kind of screwed over the band got 
Uh, but yeah, you can't deny yeah, yeah, just how much of a monster he was on the kit. Yeah, I think he was. I yeah, do not yeah. know that story. You will have to share on our rap episode. Yeah, when we, yeah right. when we get there, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, let's get to the longest song on the album. This is called Third Stone from the Sun. We're going to start this one at one minute. Right, I'm already 25. chiming in. <laughs> oh, here he goes. Oh, boy. Chris is already in. Joint, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So this. Uh, yeah. No, so this is. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. Where's your sense of adventure? No. Um, yeah. About fifty plus years too late. Um, yeah. So this is where. I mean, this is always a song that I kind of. Years of potent. Just been sitting in a bag for fifty years. Yeah. It's like okay. This is the moment where like I've had to sitting around. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna relive my. Uh, that's, that, that reminds me of another story that I'll tell you, not involving me just ex- witnessing people trying to relive their glory years. but uh, An offline story? No, yeah. No, it might be fun for the, uh, just being at a show and seeing uh, yeah, people in the uh, uh, in the audience trying to, like, yeah, like. Is is that when you went to that Jimi Hendrix thing with no, your that dad, was, Zach No, that was, that, that was just annoying, kind of just nonsense. No, I'm, I'm talking, no. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's another. But no, uh, seeing uh, when my dad and I saw Neil Young at the, uh, I think that was the United Center, and uh, just seeing, even before the show started, they, I'm, I'm like, are they hauling people out on stretchers? Like, what's, yeah. Like, four or five people, I'm like... And, and I was, and I think what happened, I think there were guys that were trying to like, oh, I'm going to do like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do some of the stuff I did back. Yeah. Like 50 years ago. Cause I can still, I'm, yeah, this is my why, moment. To, why yeah, is there no in between? It's either that or it's everybody sitting down and applauding nicely to Peter Gabriel at so. I know. Like, it's, I was like people leaving on stretchers yeah, or people weird. thinking yeah, that like, it's like a like, church play. Like down on the floor. I mean, they're hauling people out on them. Like the show hasn't even like, what are they doing down there? And I was and it wasn't. And there was another person, and then like a third person, and then a fourth person. I'm like, holy crap! Like, what's this man, is I, the I song think, I think they for it, though? I know. I get your point. This yeah, is but the, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this is one that I never really. Yeah, I mean, I I always enjoyed it for what it was, but uh, as far as looking at it more critically for this discussion, it kind of changed my. Well, you, you tell me. Yeah, this is kind of the question I want to pose. Um, yeah, do you think this particular song yeah is an, kind of an important time capsule? of the era uh, that Jimmy helped kind of develop as far as being on this album, or is it more of a weird dated artifact that it kind of indulges a little too much in like the vices of that scene, bringing the album down a little bit. I don't know. Like I said, I think, I think it is important. Oh, I We've, can tell you my, yeah, well, it's, we it's, like it's, enough, I like we're it. getting one more in terms yeah, of, and, just... I, and Kevin, I'm glad you played that guitar. Cause the guitar uh, passages on here, I really like, but I remember, I can't remember what yeah. album we were talking about. And you brought up your point as far as, Oh yeah. I think it was one of the, uh, one of the illusions albums where you have great, um, like, like oh, that's a really cool part, and that's a really cool part, and then it kind of like we're. But that's yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a little bit more interesting. You're stringing, yeah, because again, yeah. No, nobody else yeah. really did this. Yeah, this weird kind of psychedelic passage. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know, because it's not really in traditional, it's, again, it's it's a noodly kind of indulgent kind of, unless if you're indulging in those vices, yeah, I don't know, yeah, as far as appreciating, appreciating it at face value. Okay, so I, I, I really appreciated um, uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I gave that yeah. record a 9 out of 10, and I, I feel like this is the song I wrote that this is a song that... It, makes me appreciate Piper even more mm-hmm. because if you listen to the songs off Piper, the gets a dying and you listen to what he's trying to do here, what he's trying to do with, are you experienced a little bit more that the, you know, he's trying to do it, but Pink Floyd realized it. And I respect that he's trying to do it. I just recognize that Pink Floyd did it so much better. Yeah. Here so in some ways, yeah. yeah I, I mean, there's, I, I do like some of the more uh, there. I mean, this is the song where I feel like there's, much more West Montgomery than Chuck right. Berry or BB King. Um, yeah, there's more, I love the a love supreme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, you know, like John Coltrane's Love Supreme was uh, two years before this, I think, and you just kind of get that ba 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 that bass line that repeats. Kevin didn't yeah. play it, and I didn't take down what note it is, but I know it's this song. I wasn't going. Yeah, to. Uh, it just, it, it, but it, but <laughs> it just has that that just that getting started quality to where you know with Pink Floyd it was those long form transitions to where. 32 measures from now, we're going to do something different, but we're going to start it now. And you just have those long right. scopes, you know, where you're just, you're slowly transitioning right. yeah. from point A to point B. And yeah. this, this has that. And I appreciate that it's on the record. It is, you know, this might be, it's, we'll see where we go with it, but it might be, right. a, uh, I, it, I don't know. I'll tell yeah. you this. It's, it's um, fun. It's a fun journey. It's, it's, you know, yeah. the chat you know, it's a stoner you know, song. I think we're all it's, in agreement. It's, it's hard to look at it outside of its air. Yeah. Cause again, we're judging it from, from 2022 where you're looking at it kind of sounds like something you'd seen like a Jay and silent Bob movie. Like that kind of, yeah, but it's, it's kind of a parody of itself. Yeah. Well, it's well, not well, though, bit, because it's 67. Yeah. It's still authentic, but yeah, Kevin, after your point, yeah, if you could play the beginning, I just, ha- I, I just have to kind of, yeah. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, this is, you know, my interest in this kind of music <laughs> is already pretty low, right? So it was going to have to work really hard to, to get it, and I, I have none. And it just, I don't know, something about the spoken word yeah. during it, too. I do have a problem with that, just, just yeah. makes makes me roll my eyes a little bit. Just I, I don't know. Because Pink Floyd would have like, done something. It's cool. it's it's like that 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 like that that line in that thing you do is the lone beatnik, you know, reciting you poetry you during you know a what, psychedelic song. It's you know just what? Like, you, uh, yeah, you know what? On. What were, this reminded me of, and again, uh, that album came out probably a few months before this. Uh, was the first Doors record, and all I could think of when he starts reciting that poetry is Jim Morrison, yeah, who, who kind of made that his own. He got away with it. On record, because yeah, that was yeah, kind of one of his signature things. But here, Jimmy trying to do it. I'm not. I don't know if he was listening to the Doors, and that's where he kind of copied it from. But I just kind of I couldn't not hear that, and it just it didn't feel like what we've up listened to up to this point, where where he was really kind of being his own person. Where here it just kind of yeah. feels like I don't know. It's just I, like, I, and it's almost seven minutes. Yeah, of just kind of yeah. yeah. And I did. Th- that's a thing. It's it's the longest one, and I did listen to the other songs that were included on the UK version, um, just in case, because you know somebody's going to comment, you didn't listen to the UK songs. I did, I okay? Was, yeah. And I pr- I probably would have preferred any one of them over this one, you know, just just for my my taste. That's what it is. But yeah, Chris, you wanted to start from the beginning? I'll play this. Yeah. <laughs> 
You can stop that, yeah. Little did he know that 20 years later, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you crank up the speed. Uh, you, you, you can go with your yellow. You crank up the speed on this one 50%, and you just have, like, I can just hear this just kicking off, and you just hear, like, all of a sudden, John Coltrane is about to come blaring into it. Like, it is so, you know, 60s-era Coltrane, and it's, it's yeah, a little well, slow. Like, it just, it's kind of right. got that, I don't know. It just, it gets, it's, it's the is, problem is, the problem is John Coltrane didn't come blaring into this. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I mean, but he's he's yeah, from so, I mean, it got weird in his uh, later era, but there was definitely not a, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I, I guess my point being that Jimi Hendrix took from a lot of different styles and managed to make it work over and over and over again. And this is the one where things start to fall short a little bit, where he's it, yeah. it's cool that he's bringing that style, but it's not, it's a little fully, period. you know, there's just yeah. better versions of it. And right. it's yeah. kind of a weird thing to put them down for because it still was so far ahead of just like a generic blues rock record that you could have put out. But right. uh, it just, it just was better realized by other people. Yeah, and, I, and again, that's, yeah, it's, it's hard because, yeah, there's a lot of criticisms that you can make of it. But yeah, is it, because it kind of makes the album, yeah, it, like it's like, okay, this is a, uh, like a moment on the Jimi Hendrix during his career, like this little kind of, is that a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know. Yeah, as far as, yeah, yeah. whether it dates it. To- it doesn't feel like his strength. Yeah, which is it funny. I mean, for a guy who was kind of yeah. known for, uh, but I think it, and again, it's hard to look at this. Uh, I'll have to ask my dad later if, if he remembers. I mean, would, listening to, if he remembers hearing that song for the first time, like what was, yeah, was it like, wow, okay, this is just being kind of a uh, kind of a hippie himself. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I just, yeah. Is just your dad feels- watching live tonight? I told him about it. I don't know if he if he pulled it up. I know we should. I should show he's him. Probably, how to he's do probably that. snoozing on the couch with the the the, the Twitch stream in the background. <laughs> background, yeah, yeah. He, third third stone from the sun is still gone. Um, he's probably just rummaging for yeah. a bag of weed. Right? I know like, I saved well, that somewhere. It's like yeah. It's like why why do I hear ambulances? No, I know. Yeah, pretty close to home tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, my no, my dad's good. Yeah, no, he's yeah. Yeah, that that that, that yeah. was another that was another We're time. But uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's funny. I uh, it always makes me laugh in the beginning, uh, in that beginning part where you have that little like pop sound, and all that, all I can think of that just reminded me of somebody having like 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 a trip or whatever, where their mind's just cracking under the influence of yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, okay, here we go. We're going on the mental journey now. Yeah. So again, there was just too much of because again, I mean, there the psychedelic influence is like I mean, it's in everything on this record, and it's ingrained in every. But here it just feels like they just took the raw ingredients and just kind of like plopped it, yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. not it, didn't 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 put it in the oven, they right? Did, like they just like, it it raw. Like, like here's 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 just a bag of weed, okay, without like sprinkling it in the. Yeah, we should put a disclaimer on this show. Yeah, it might be yeah, t- 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 discussions they of drug they use. They didn't yeah. cut it with any harmful products. Side products. Yeah, right. <laughs> Too much baby powder in the cocaine the, on this one. Yeah, just uh, yeah. just the raw material. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's let's bring the rock back um, with the second to last track or the opener if if you're over in the UK, Foxy Lady.
this this is the BBW of the record. And what I mean by BBW is the big bad wolf. That's what I'm gonna yeah, call this song. This song has got dude. I love it. It's yeah. it just it's <laughs> such it's such a strut. And it's one of the, it's the second moment on this right. You got two of them. It's rare that I mean across an entire discography, a band might have two or three moments where they reach that unchained level of peak cool. In this song, yeah. just that the way that intro, ding 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 ding, like it just yeah. it, it, it it's almost. I don't know. It's not very heavy metal, but it is kind of like you could hear proto, it. Yeah. That's a, it's got kind of that proto, you know, where Deep Purple or Rainbow might be going in a few years. And just, uh, Kevin, pull up the last 15 seconds of this song. I mean, just the way, and then the way it's juxtaposed with the whispers. Foxy. Like, it's just the way the yeah. guitar is kind of wolf whistle too. Very Motley Crue. That's what I thought of. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Even even the beginning is, is very Motley yeah. Crue. Like it just it, it it's a song, and this is where I was talking about where the timelessness of the music is uh, separated from the timelessness of the production. Unfortunately, um, but this is that song that that's there's just got a lot of DNA. Like what right. do they call that? Like mitochondrial Eve. Right, of, yeah. <laughs> uh, where every human is related to these two people, this this right. mitochondrial Adam and Eve, uh, yeah. that is uh, yeah. this is like the mitochondrial rock, you know, is is right in this song. This is just a song. Right. I want people to see me listening to this song and think that I am cool. Like that's the level of song. <laughs> oh, this is. Pervert. I think that guy's a pervert. No, it's all right. No, <laughs> I, I suppose it depends on the. Context. No, you know, it, it was funny. Yeah, that last part where he said, "Like I'm coming to get you." Just how much that would not fly nowadays. Yeah, it just has yeah. kind of a. I, I, I mean, Vin, you could hear Vince Neil throwing that in too. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, this is kind of the moment where you're like, okay, we were at like uh, where the flowers in your hair, and all you need is love, and now like just like a few months later, you got yeah, like I'm coming to get you. Okay, that's. Uh, at the it's big bad wolf, the it BBW. Is, yeah. We yeah, are no longer at the beer bathroom and weed party. Yeah. We are at the big bad wolf. And yeah. there's uh, something about this too. Like, I guess it's because the album, if you look at the shirt you're wearing, Chris, if you look at the, the era, 67, like you, you have that, oh, like this is going to be hippy dippy stuff. But then you have a song like this, this which is, is not, just, yeah, this it's is just cool. Like it, yeah. it's just not... Like we had yeah. the whole you know Native American thing or whatever going on a couple tracks ago. I didn't even pay yeah. attention to that. Like it just went over yeah. my head. But <laughs> hey, but this one, like I, I like I want something on my record that's just going to be this cool, and I get two of them. So that's yeah. that's where the eight point five. But you're treated to it into the second yeah. last spot. Come on, I love when a record is at least that strong, where you can put a song like that there mm-hmm. and be happy with it. Um, but yeah, it's time to close it out with the title track. Are you experienced? Starting at a minute and thirty seconds. So, uh, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Well, I have. Uh, let me prove it to you. Yeah. 
better flush it. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is a hell of a song, uh, and kind of a song that could only belong in a discography of a kind of a legendary artist. It just it's kind of the musical equivalent of like putting on your big boy pants. There's just a it's got a vibe that just is very epic, especially with that mar marching vibe, the little single note piano. Again, like the uh, um, yeah, like uh, like the feedback on. Um, uh, uh, yeah, what was that? I don't live today. Yeah, it just has this. It's just like it's almost an effect, but it just adds a little something that wouldn't, that w which without it you would know it, and then the song would weirdly fall apart. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, it kind of sounds like the uh, like you could like in a documentary for a uh, like a, like a '60s, like it could be like the end song, like when the when the '60s is coming to an end, especially with that solo at the end and that dark fade out. It kind of is like a perfect segue out of out of an era yeah i yeah i i can't yeah i can't say enough about this song yeah i yeah. would love to hear that uh drum part be put together in the studio i, I know pink floyd I, I mentioned that they were just kind of well beyond that but even still like reversing the drums and then lining it up to be in time and really not knowing how that would turn out yeah until it put, gets put together and you're just like guys we got something like it's one of those moments to where you knew you're creating something that's going to and like Chris, you mentioned that single piano tone. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's when that can be done well. It's it's just it, it can, nothing draws you in. It's, it's a part of the like arrangement. A single that's piano. Like yeah. uh, we we talked about this on the best produced albums. It was uh, Kanye West and and Runaway, where you just absolutely knew where you were when you just hear those notes yeah. of that piano. I mean, uh, uh, we're going or every breath, every you breath take, you take, um, still DRE from Dr. Dre. I mean, you have to uh, sometimes there's, there's the ability of a piano just to lock you in, uh, when it's used just right is just, is, is very unique. Uh, when we're talking about, um, you know, that this, uh, you know, being put together and some of those lines at the end, uh, I don't know. I didn't take it down exactly where it was, but it's somewhere near the end where he says, not necessarily stoned, but beautiful. Have you ever the been experienced? Talks, yeah. 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 And you got to take like those that, two parts together. Yeah. And, and that is so Andy Warhol, that line right there. Not necessarily stoned, but beautiful. It's got a club, it, like it, you're in the club feel to it. Like you're a part of a scene. Yeah. You're a part of a, uh, that, uh, a closed I, community. Yeah. In 1967. I mean, uh, you know, that scene was not a hippie scene. It was an art scene, and yeah. I guess maybe that's why I appreciate this record too, because it the artistic credentials of this record are are high. So yeah. the, and that's where this kind of stuff breaks through. So yeah, right, uh, it, bring, yeah, some, it brings yeah, it brings in another aspect of the counterculture, not just California, but you could say I I never thought about it that way, but yeah, okay, like the New York scene. Okay, I guess I guess that could be like a. Uh, whether he was mm. whether that was his intention who knows but yeah that is kind of yeah yeah or just like hey, that's what yeah. sets him apart i think that's that's mm -hmm. what i you, i mean you have this song has those uh pink floydian long form transitions again um you know 250 kevin if you want to play i don't know if it's going to make uh mm -hmm. might have to play a bit to get through that but uh just oh uh, yeah yeah like 245 ish if you just Yeah. 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 You just have that that smooth fade back into right. normalcy. It's yeah. just very cinematically done. And I gotta, yeah, Kevin, if you could play the opening, it's one of my all-time favorite opening parts to a song. Yeah, if you could do that, I just love how it just jams right in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. I don't know. It's just, you just know yeah. you're in for those Those 10 second intros that encompass so much. Dun, 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 I don't know. It just, it just, yeah, it has this. Again, like I said, it just feels like, and if we're with dealing with an adult, yeah, not just like a kitty kind of, there's just a, yeah, there's a maturity there that mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah, I've always, and funny, even the reverse, I know, I know Hendrix isn't the first one who did that. I know uh, the Beatles did that on Revolver with uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, where you got sure. the uh, playing, the playing back, or whether you're reversing the, uh, uh, the musical passages okay. the, yeah. uh, from the chat, the sixties backwards LSD guitar. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> LSD guitar. It was, maybe this was one of the better moments. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, yeah. I mean, there were, it, it, it did get a little bit more indulgent, but and there's uh, a lot like, of ways like, this was done wrong. And this is the example of it done perfectly. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Should we go a good old fashioned seven for the buy? Does that yeah, even count with two people? Let's do it. All right. Let's see. Well, Chris can use his on um, his extra on what? Any, any of these three? three? Oh, I'm using it on this one. This is yeah, yeah one of my yeah. This is okay. my one of my albums. Yeah. Figured. Um. All right. Let's let's uh, let's embarrass myself on my Jimmy. Okay, First one to three on. correct gets an extra just buy or terminate my... for the love it or flush it. Okay. All right. Um, question number one: True or false? Uh, according to Chaz Chandler, uh, who is uh, Hendrix's manager, he purposely limited Mitch and Noel's contributions because he didn't want to deal with band compromises that would threaten Jimmy's vision. I'm gonna punch in. It's loading right now. Go um, ahead. Yeah. You can say that. I, I I don't know. That is the exact reason, but I know it was true that he kept them separate and that he wanted yeah. Hendrix to be unencumbered by. Correct. A, a yeah. Group that's mentality. true. Yeah. Yeah, it got a little bit more kind of heated later on, but yeah, but he really, I guess, kind of were, yeah, they really didn't come up with much of their own ideas, sadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, that's one for Mark. All right. Okay, let's see. Um, all right, uh, this is a multiple choice. Um, all right, which one of these songs was not included on the UK release? Uh, um, was it A, Purple Haze? B, Third Stone, C, Love or Confusion, or D, I Don't Live Today? Uh, I'm going to buzz okay. in. I'm going to buzz in. Oh, boy. Yeah, I just stepped in a pile of <laughs> dog here. Um, but I'm going to say Love or Confusion. Uh, that is incorrect, actually. It was Purple Haze is actually not oh. on the UK edition, which shocked really? me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so hmm. Kevin is out. What were they thinking? Well, I mean, oh, let's, just, Mark let's won, just get three for this. Let's he, just get three, correct? You want me to just quiz you? I, I, yeah, I probably thought of like. Or do you want to give like each? each do you want to do each person gets one? Like where they can step? No, let, let's affecting first their... one to three correct. We're, we won't do a punch out. Alex okay. is not here to to school us anymore. Okay. So all right, Kevin and I fine. can get as many okay. wrong as we want until we get three. All right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. True or false? Uh, the unintelligible dialogue in the beginning of Third Stone is actually a slow down conversation between Jimmy and Mitch, uh, where they're playing aliens who've just discovered Earth and are discussing on how to proceed. True or false? I'm going to go. Tr- <sighs> Third Stone from the Sun. You won't bomb out, so. Uh... I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go false. One. I believe this is the one that was just like a. Uh, uh, it was from I don't know. I would just go false. Like it, okay. it was. Okay. All right. I'll give you. Yeah, you were correct. It is false. Uh, that uh, actually the the story is true, but it was between Jimmy and Chaz. Yeah, that that was. Oh, okay. uh, I yeah. locked out on that one. Okay. Yeah, you did. So I think yeah, Mark has too. Okay. 
All right. Um, if I remember correctly reading about this one, it was something like he was a fan of science fiction. And I was thinking, like, what's so science fiction about Earth? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, all right. Um, okay, another uh, uh, multiple choice. Um, what legendary new wave band recorded a cover of Are You Experienced? Uh, was it A, The Talking Heads, B, Blondie, or C, Devo? Alex would know this one. This was a question for Alex. Yeah, he, he he would because I've yeah. got he's unfortunately got no line. Unfortunately, unfortunately no lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, Mark. I'm going to just take a guess and go with Devo. Uh, you are correct. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, Mark, right. Right. I just, Look at that. it was just a, an educated guess. It wasn't yeah. a complete guess. All right, that's good. Okay, very nice. All right. All right, it's time. And oh now, love it or flush it. How many buys do I have? tonight? Oh, we got Kevin. You have so three. I have, so right? I have three buys. I have two terminates and a. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah is, you got a funny. You got yeah. a funny slate of options here. Okay. Yes, you do. Um, I'm not going to be able to keep track. So, Mark, you're going to have to keep track of all that. But yes, I am filling in for Alex, who usually runs the Love It or Flush It. Tonight's order is Mark starting off, Chris next, and myself last. So Mark, the big opener, Purple Haze, right from the, the start. What do we get? Uh, very cliche, but I am flush. I am liquid tonight, so buy this one. Buy okay. Chris. This one, I got a lot of, I got a lot of cash. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm rolling fat tonight. Okay, I got to Let's see. He's rolling deep. Uh, what do I want to do? Um, I think uh, maybe I'll buy this one just because it's an important. Uh, yeah, just uh, as far as my foundational young rock. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll buy this one. It'll be my first buy. Okay, I will. I was considering it. It was very, very close. I probably would have done it had I won the trivia. Um, but it's going to be a very strong love for me. And moving on to Manic Depression, Mark. Uh, I'm going to buy this one too. Uh, we are two for two. Oh, you used both yeah, of them. The, the, okay. I got my pocket is overflowing with petty cash. Uh, I, I, I just think, uh, as, as uh, you listeners know who are... Uh, fans of the show i like to base my buys off of uh if i were writing a screenplay about uh, the the ultimate uh, uh picture of the band the ultimate movie of the band uh, i would have to have this one as number two i mean purple haze it doesn't kick down the door to 1967 any better than that and then the manic depression just the whirlwind of superstardom that you get thrown into or that jimmy kind of I just, I just maybe it represents even if it doesn't represent exactly uh, his story it just kind of has that from city to city living life on the road and the craziness of maybe trying to keep a relationship through that so i think that's a key part of the story and right up front one two punch bring me up all right, Chris. What do you? You know think? what? I uh, I'm actually gonna throw in a uh, an Amazon return on the last one. Um, I'm gonna give Purple Haze <laughs> a massive thirty love. days. Make it UPS off at pick the it UPS. Up. Store. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna reason. give yeah, Purple Haze a big love because I, I there was something else that I think would be a better buy at least for me. Uh, but yeah, with manic depression, what do I want to do with this? Because I gotta. Uh, this is just so hard because I know I have to terminate. Uh, stinks. Uh, Two things. Um, Two yes. 
All right. Um, I'm. Uh, I want to put a disclaimer on my flushes and terminates. Say that these are just because I have to abide by the rules. Uh, I'm going to sadly flush manic depression. Um, Chris has no time for manic depression <laughs> in his life. I probably would have. Uh, I probably. Uh, but again, yeah, there's. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it's too similar to some other songs in here. A stone free from the uh, reissue. I kind of listened to that a little bit more. Uh, maybe I prefer that a little bit. So, uh, yeah. All right. I will give manic depression a big love. Actually. Yes. I want so would I. (laughs) (laughs) Muzzled by the rules. The rules, man. Yes. Um, Let's move on. Mark had it tough too in animals. If I remember. Five songs. It was a 10 of 10. Yeah. So let's move on to Hey Joe, Mark. What are we giving? Big this? love. I'll have to dig into the Deep Purple version too, but this is uh, yeah, very cool nonetheless. Yeah, and Chris. Oh uh, yeah, enormous love. Yeah, it's just got all the all the perfect elements of a great guitar song. So yeah, I am going to buy this song. This song is just cool. It is. It's very cool. What can yeah. you say? And the band brings it. So, you know what? That's all the reason I need. Chris, you're getting one. booed in the chat um, for Flushy Manic Depression, by the way. I know. I'm, I'm sure. Like I said, <laughs> I'm putting an asterisk next to my, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, when you I noticed. your we, reissue pressings. Yeah, when I noticed that, I, yeah, I, I did have a heart attack initially. I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to. It's Chris Brady brought out of the stretcher because uh, we're doing the original. Yeah, so it's like, which is just a, yeah, which is just one of my, yeah. Hey, Chris, as the score stands right now, I am at 100% Hendrix love. You were at sixty seven percent. You and your Jimi Hendrix shirts. Oh, just let let it. Let you it are a shake lower. Out, you are at a it lower percentage okay. than Guns and Roses and Nirvana. Actually, Nirvana. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, I am even beating yes, Chris you are, right you are now. You are one hundred percent. Well, that's gonna change yeah, here. Which is the yeah, first. Just, yeah. yeah, it will. Yeah. Uh, let's move on, Mark. Love yeah, this confusion. one's the easy T for me. Yeah. And Chris, what are you uh, thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna have to terminate this one too. I uh, again, massive reluctance, but as far as the pop ballads, uh, there's uh, uh, there's a stronger one coming up. Yeah. By the way, uh, considering uh, what's going on in the world today, maybe we keep the bomb jokes to a minimum. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, okay. That's, all right. Well, yeah. Is this one fine. being triple teed we'll, here? We're gonna replace. Yeah. What else can we? What else can we? What else can we say besides terminate? I don't know. Uh, it's it's gone. It's been vaporized. Vaporized. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah. I don't know. Like you, this, this, this song. Term, yeah. Yeah. This song could leave the record. Could leave the record, and you you wouldn't really miss it. Yeah. In my opinion, that there's. Right. No, I get it. So. All right. Let's move on to may this be love. A little bit more folk coming on here. Soft side. What do you think? I wanted Mark? to dislike it, but. It grew on me, and it has crossed into love territory. So, okay, uh, Chris, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, yeah, my purple haze money, and I'm gonna buy yeah, may this yeah, he's buying yeah. This, this was okay. always a massive warm blanket song for me that really grew on me over time. Again, a song like I said before that 
I kind of forgot about, but again, has become one of my favorite songs on the record. Sure. I, I'm going to give this one a love too. I know I, I think this might've been one that, that Chris brought up for me a little bit. Um, but of, of the softer songs on this is probably one of my mm-hmm. favorites. So that leaves us with I Don't Live Today, Mark. Uh, despite completely missing the meaning of it, I still love it. It's it's a cool song. Great, great, uh, I don't know, closer. Middle of the record track. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, my Thanks. second buy, actually. Yeah, I just oh. love just how it hits. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that leaves me, and I don't know what to do. Um, I'll keep this one around. It's not one of my favorites. I, I think I was, I wanted the ending to be a little bit more. I wanted to, there was something about the ending where it just like, it just kind of built and went wilder and wilder. And I, I'm not sure I was all in on that yet, but I'll still keep it around. Um, so I believe at this point we're flipping the record over to the wind cries mary mark um this is going to i guess well i wasn't planning on this anger people no (laughs) no, no, this song is the perfect follow-up if you have opened your film with you know there's no more establishing scene than purple haze and then kicked it into high gear with manic depression and just the mania and then to take it back with the wind cries mary and that beautiful solo uh, I have to buy this one. Okay. Sounds good. And Chris, you still have some money. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm saving it. But uh, yeah, this is okay. Yeah, there's just so many moving parts here that all work. Uh, and yeah, so massive love. Okay. And on to me. I was silent with this song, and there's a reason for it. Um, and it's not Jimmy's fault, honestly. It's the fault of everybody who came after it. It just reminds me of the good old Chicago Music Exchange and people who try to oh, duplicate the song and can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and can't. But that being said, of the softer songs on here, I prefer May This Be Love. And that I think that's going to be the one that I'm going to be reaching mm-hmm. for. Um, and I have to use oh, a flush. No. So this is going to be my flush. <laughs> it's got to right. be done. Well, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll take some done. of the vitriol off of me for a while as far as my manic depression. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, That's all right. Mark, you weren't convinced on fire. Did we, did we do anything to help that? No. Terminate it. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you convinced me on the... Uh, usefulness of the song I'm still not convinced okay. that it needs to be on the record as a, again I, I mean I, I mean probably even might even be bumping my score up to 9 out of 10 on this one uh, but because I have to terminate 2 uh, I feel like Lover yeah. Confusion and Fire are the ones you could kick off and still have a fina- like you, you, it would just make the record better where this one is okay I get it it's a great you know uh extended album or live staple and it's a, a, a cool song and it's nice to have a burner and I hate to terminate a burner because I always love those but it's a uh, yeah in terms of the rest of the album this one's gotta go 
you heard it here, everybody. Mark likes the ballads. He's going to throw on Firehouse <laughs> right after I guarantee you. Anyway, Chris, fire. Uh, Back me up I, on this one. I couldn't live with myself if I got if I did anything but give it a big <laughs> hug. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's a classic. Yeah, He's I, picking up the pieces, passionately yeah. gluing it yeah. back together. Yeah, this is just yeah, just yeah, just it, it kicks butt. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I will join yeah. you on that, Chris. This is this is definitely one. For it me. does, but the way All Jimmy right, kicks butt is really not through this type of song. I'm not saying it's. I'm not. I'm but not saying is it's, it? Yeah. Is it through? Is it through third stone from the sun? No, flush that one. So, <laughs> okay, I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think right, I Chris. hate more than great little musical passages, kind of lumped in with a lot of just mindless kind of yeah. Stuff. Um, so I got to turn. This will be my second terminate. Uh, and like I said, I do feel yeah. It's, yeah, just outside of the discussion that it is necessary, but yeah, as far compared to everything else on here, yeah, I don't just go back to it. Curious, Chris, as you love this yeah. album, is this the song you would have terminated if you had one terminate? Is this the one that you uh, always? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still like Lover Confusion, and uh, again, that was just kind of do working around the rule. But this one, yeah, yeah it was weird because I'm like, okay, how do, do am I am I terminating it for what reason? Am I terminating it because, compared to the rest of the? By terminating it because of looking back from 2022 back to 67, where I can't really relate to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. Of, it's it's a tricky one. Uh, but compared sure. to all the all the traditional sure. great songs on here, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it's not in that caliber. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, for me, my notes were simply. Nope, <laughs> First song, first song I've truly hated. So that yeah. gets the T. All right. Uh, I think somebody still has money to buy. It isn't Mark, but Foxy Lady. Mark, I mean, I, I like this song better than The Wing Cries, Mary. I think this is just as cool as it gets. It just doesn't fit into my narrative, but big, 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 big love for Foxy Lady. What a cool song. I love it. Okay, yeah, Mark, did you Chris. use both your buys? I've used all three of my buys. Yeah. Actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just so caught up in the discussion. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, enormous love. Yeah. Kind of on the same caliber as Mark. Yeah. It just. It's just. It's just cool. Um, it was kind of funny. One one detail I, I came across. I think it was Noel that said that that uh, even though Jimmy wrote this, they said as far as in real life, Jimmy's approach to meeting women was not like this. Yeah. He said he was a lot shyer. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's kind of hmm. just, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so anyway. Well, everybody else gave it the big love. Uh, <laughs> but I'll do what everybody else didn't do, and I will buy Fox nice. Lady. That's, that's Kevin's all about You're the, the playlist ladies. thinker, so <laughs> that is the playlist song. It's... I, I, am, I am always the playlist yeah. thinker. Yes, you can find my playlist on Spotify. I've made them all. I Actually, wait. I haven't made Guns N' Roses yet, but my Van Halen through Nirvana playlists are all available if you want to find them on Spotify. Uh, just search Nirvana or the band name and then Kevin's Light the Sky playlist. And you'll I need find to get them. on that. Um, and yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, last song, closing it out. Are you experienced? Mark, what do you uh, think? Not quite as much as an enthusiastic love as Foxy Lady, but definitely a, a almost as much of the moment of time as Purple Haze is to the record. Super important part of the story. 
and a we didn't talk about it, but a great closer. Uh, to to close with the name of your album is always uh you know, like you know what you're doing. Like you put something good together when you can close with the okay. nom de plume of your album. So big love for this one yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, I was trying I, yeah, I know I was what's trying coming. to keep my <laughs> I was trying to think if I had as far as my top ten or maybe my top twenty. I don't know if maybe if it would maybe it would be in the top ten. I don't know. As far as just songs in general that I love. I mean this is one of my favorite this is a song probably even a month a couple weeks ago I was probably listening to this song. It's uh yeah, it's it it just it hits me in that way. Yeah, and this it has to be my if I would have had one by this would have been my one by. Uh, but luckily I had two, I had two other ones. But uh, yeah, this is yeah, it's a song that always gets the hair standing on my arms. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, I am not as high on this song as cool. both of you are. I, I kind of understand the reasoning. But I'm not going no, to that's flush good. it. I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna pull the usual Kevin, um, and and flush it. I got rid of Third <laughs> Stone from the Sun. I feel. I feel like getting rid of that really helps the album. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this song kind of irritated me after I just sat through six minutes and thirty seconds of Third Stone from the Sun, and that's not this song's fault. You know, it's shorter. It's still experimental. It ties into the era. So I'm just going to give it a love. It's useful on the album completely. And uh, maybe I'll come to a greater appreciation for it later. So I'm willing to give it a chance. All right. Uh, let's have a little fun game in here. We did this when I was gone. Uh, since our contender Alex is missing from this discussion, which one does he buy? Oh, did he send is you his list? Me? No, no. Just, no. just, oh, just guess. here. Is it the punk sensibilities yeah. of fire? I would guess maybe so. Uh, maybe I would guess. So. I think he's going for a harder. Then maybe one. what do you think? Do you, do you think he would go for a ballad or no? Or do you think he's not really a? He is a firehouse fan. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll, I'll say maybe. <laughs> maybe this be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or, or I don't uh, live today. I, I, I would guess. I would guess fire or maybe purple haze. Okay. Oh yeah, purple haze and foxy lady. I think. Okay, okay, yeah. I could see that. The T's probably third stone. Oh, uh, probably one in between. May this be love. I don't live today, and the wind cries, Mary. There would be a T in there. There would be T in there. You yeah. would just lose interest somewhere and there, probably. Then, yeah, that's just what I'm guessing. Probably is he lost yeah, interest so. in this show, and probably isn't even listened to this point. Yeah. <laughs> Our co-host does he listen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we will find uh, out, and maybe he'll send us a message in terms of uh, what yeah. he would have bought or terminated yeah. on this one. But Thanks for the later. three yeah. of us, we stand at 7, 8.5, and 9.5 for Chris. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess I will go up to a 9 on nice. this one. I kind of want to go 8.75. That's a little weird when we start getting into quarters. So I yeah. will give it the benefit of a doubt because it has no real weaknesses. It has songs that just don't stand it out, don't stand out as much as the others. So bump it up for a 9 for me. Putting it in the upper echelon of music such as Sheer Heart Attack and uh, Dark Side, I probably gave a 9. I don't know what other things I reserve for a nine. Uh, innuendo, I think I gave a nine. Uh, some uh, hallowed eight, albums. Eight, 1984. 1984. Did I? Yeah, 5150 would have gotten a nine from me. Um, would it have? Yeah. Uh, I remember. 9.5 for 5150. 9.5 for 1984. Okay. And I think those albums have a little yeah. bit more variety just based on the era. 
that there's oh, yeah. more off of those albums that it's easier yeah. to go back to. And that and I still stand by my point that that is the weakest part of this album. Uh, not to the fault, but the era was just more a little bit more. Well, yeah, they were at the point where they were just inventing kind of the. I mean, yeah, by 1984, all the everybody already had all the information yep. that had been laid out. Yeah, so yeah, the so for I mean, for, was, so for 67 was, with yeah. not having kind of just creating as you were going. I mean, it's not. Yeah. it's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. what was like a yeah. relatively yeah. small budget, I believe, and just, yeah, they struggled. You know, yeah, they, they. I think it was recorded like in yeah. multiple places too i think yeah. they kind of yeah multiple yeah because they couldn't afford the good yeah, so they would, yeah for over 10 yeah like, like okay that, we have time yeah. we can record here for like two days or whatever and then we have to move yeah so there yeah. was a lot of but the brilliance it. shines yeah. through kevin are you still sticking with the seven uh, bump yeah bump me up to a seven okay, good. Okay. Uh, Chris, yeah, 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 i can't yeah i can't get a <laughs> alex would have been rolling in with a five yeah <laughs> okay chris yeah. though chris is this is this the best of of what there is? Is this your favorite, as as, or is there more? Uh, I think this is the most consistent. Um, though the next record, and again, I don't want to give okay. away. Um, sure, no, it got that's, more that's fine. It, yeah, now, uh, yeah. you don't you yeah. don't have to say anything I'll, else. I'll, we'll just leave it like that, and I because yeah. because I don't want you to influence me right. when I put it on tomorrow yeah. <laughs> to listen. So sure. okay, yeah, all uh, right. I forgot. Yeah, animals is a ten. Um, let's see, we got eight in the okay. chat, nine. Yeah, this is, uh, a, I think, a, you know, there's not a lot of contention with this one, but uh, maybe we'll get there. We will be, uh, well, we don't even have to get in the DeLorean. We could just sit around and wait for Axis Bold as Love because it is the 60s to the 70s, and we get an album every six months, uh, it seems. <laughs> so uh, we will see you again in 1967 again uh, with the, the follow-up album from Jimi Hendrix Experience, Access, Bold as Love. See you next week.